Matchbook presents First Years, a podcast for all but geared toward adult first-time readers of Harry Potter, who need a space to enjoy each book and have adult conversations about it. My name is Sarah, and I'm honored that you've allowed me on this journey with you. Crack open a butterbeer, grab a seat, and let's discuss. Today we're going to chat about Slytherin House. For today's episode, you need to have read through chapter 8 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's slash Philosopher's Stone. This topic is going to be split over two episodes, because while I was preparing for it, I realized I had a lot more to say than I realized. As a Slytherin myself, I have a lot of thoughts on this topic. So today we'll be discussing Slytherins and the bias presented against them based purely on the text. And then in a following episode, we'll do something similar to our episode on owls and see how the symbolism of snakes affects our thoughts on the text. But for today, we'll only be using the book to guide us. Just like how owls were our first introduction to magic, Draco Malfoy is our first introduction to Slytherin House. And okay, he sucks. I can admit to that even though I love him. He's not the nicest kid, although I will point out that he says hello to Harry first, of course, before grilling him to see if he's worthy enough to be friends with. Pretty quick, he's unlikable. Harry compares him to Dudley, which is like the worst person in Harry's life. There's really no bigger insult coming from Harry Potter. And it's deserved. Draco talks about bullying his father into getting him a broom and imposing himself as greater because he plays Quidditch and should 100% be picked for the house team. And in the following lines, he tells Harry that he knows he'll be in Slytherin because his whole family has been, and he'd leave if he were to be sorted into Hufflepuff. And this is where not only do we not get a good impression of Slytherin, but we also don't get a good impression of Hufflepuff. Even Hagrid says, everyone says Hufflepuffs are a lot of duffers, but... To which Harry responds, I bet I'm in Hufflepuff, said Harry gloomily. He says it gloomily. He's already falling into this trap of other people's opinions about this house, even though he knows nothing about it. And Hagrid feeds into it. He tells Harry, better Hufflepuff than Slytherin. But let's get real, that is such a low bar. If Slytherins suck, but everyone thinks Hufflepuff is just meh, then it's better to be meh than it is to suck and be evil? What logic is this? These are kids, and we're setting up biases against what houses they end up in before we even get to the school. And here's my thing, and it's why I feel so passionately about this as a member of Slytherin House. And what I'm about to say is spoiler-free, I swear. Hagrid says, There's not a single witch or wizard who went bad who wasn't in Slytherin. This is a lie. Straight-up lie, factually inaccurate, not true. Slytherin House is not the only house that has produced malicious wizards just as you wands are not only found in the hands of the Voldemorts of the world. It's just a lie. I couldn't find the page on Joe's site, but before it was redone to be wizardingworld.com, it was called Pottermore. And when you got sorted into your house, you would receive a letter from the prefect of that house, giving you an introduction to it. And it's mentioned in the Slytherin letter, quote, I'm not denying that we've produced our share of dark wizards, but so have the other three houses. They just don't like admitting it, unquote. It's associated with bad wizards because you know who was in it. But I think we need to check in and stop ourselves from forming opinions on things based on a single wizard. 
When Harry and Ron meet Hermione on the train, she says, quote, Do either of you know what house you'll be in? I've been asking around and I hope I'm in Gryffindor. It sounds by far the best. I hear Dumbledore himself was in it. But I suppose Ravenclaw wouldn't be too bad. Unquote. Okay, Hermione, what the hell? Look at the language she's using. By far the best. And I suppose Ravenclaw wouldn't be too bad. She doesn't even mention Hufflepuff or Slytherin, and she's acting like Gryffindor is miles ahead of everyone else. And she's been asking around. So her thoughts are formed purely based on others' opinions, and I do wonder who she's been talking to. Plus, we know Hermione has been reading up on the Wizarding World, and read Hogwarts a history, and she's still holding this opinion. Are the history books she's reading biased against the houses too? Well, they very well could be, but I would hope that a book dedicated solely to the history of Hogwarts wouldn't just be like, yeah, Gryffindor is by far the best and F everyone else. I'd hope it would lay out the different qualities of the houses like the Sorting Hat does, and the general history of all of them. My point here is that Gryffindor is being put on a pedestal. Dumbledore is a great wizard, but the way she's laying it out that Dumbledore himself was in it Sounds like, yeah, you could be like Dumbledore one day, but only if you're a Gryffindor. Even Ron talks about how his family is all Gryffindors and says, quote, I don't suppose Ravenclaw would be too bad, but imagine if they put me into Slytherin, unquote. Ron, my friend, if you were to end up in Slytherin, it would mean you are ambitious, not evil. It's okay. I'll also note here that your self-worth should not be tied to your house. This is incredible pressure being put on children, and not by the school, but it sounds like by their families and their peers. One wizard does not make or break a house. Gryffindor isn't the greatest ever because Dumbledore was in it, and Slytherin isn't full of evil, terrible people because Voldemort was in it. We have all kinds in all houses. Professor McGonagall is the first one to discuss the houses without any bias. She tells the first years, quote, Each house has its own noble history, and each has produced outstanding witches and wizards. I hope each of you will be a credit to whichever house becomes yours, unquote. She's the first one to essentially tell them, It doesn't matter where you end up, but I expect you to be an asset to said house. When we go through the sorting ceremony, we learn more about each house. The hat breaks down their qualities as follows. Gryffindor, brave at heart, Daring, nerve, chivalry, Hufflepuff, just, loyal, patient, true, unafraid of toil, Ravenclaw, wise, ready mind, wit, and learning, Slytherin, real friends, cunning, use any means to achieve their ends. And I want to note here that I actually used to think that you'll make your real friends was sarcastic because I thought of it in the sense that using any means to achieve their ends meant screwing over others in order to get what you wanted. But reading it now, I think it speaks to the creativity of the Slytherins as far as their ambitions go. And I think real friends is legit. Because I'm going to say that members of Slytherin House are very close. Because they don't have anyone else in the entire school. It's all houses against them. There was a panel at LeakyCon Boston this year that was called We Refuse to Discuss How We're Always Called Evil, a Slytherin panel. And I posed a question about how the anti-Slytherin sentiment affects Slytherin students. Is Hogwarts as magical for them as it is for everyone else when the castle isn't fully a safe space for them outside of their common room? How does that affect their feelings of belonging at school? And one of the panelists made the point that they thought it would mean that Slytherin House would be the closest of all houses. 
because they really have each other first and that the older students would be more protective of the younger ones, having to navigate their way through the school and the social standards and opinions within it. I think that ties perfectly into finding your real friends. If people are going to judge you based purely on your house without a conversation first, and I will touch on how, yeah, the Dracos of the world are disliked because of their personalities and beliefs, not just their house. But I'm speaking more of the Slytherins who aren't in the same class and belief system as the Malfoys of the world. That is hard to navigate, and you might very well just stick to those within your house and develop feelings against the other houses, which doesn't help the rivalries and anti-Slytherin feelings. It says, quote, Perhaps it was Harry's imagination, after all he'd heard about Slytherin, but he thought they looked like an unpleasant lot. Unquote. I get this. All of his interactions with the Slytherins have been terrible. They are certainly not making themselves look good, and I'm not saying that Harry has to like Draco. Draco has not comported himself in a way that deserves liking. But my point is that you, as a reader, get everything tinged with Harry's opinion and experience. So you might very well come away from this like many of the rest of us did when we first read it, with a bias against Slytherin, or any other house that isn't Gryffindor, really. And I want you to be aware of that as you continue to read. Nearly Headless Nick talks about how Slytherin has won the House Cup for the last six years in a row. Now, we know from the text that Snape favors his house and can help with the house points thing, but them winning the cup cannot be solely influenced by that. I don't think one teacher can influence the house point totals that much, which means that the Slytherins are earning points on their own. They're smart, and I'm sure they've worked in their own ways in classes to earn points and win the cup. And you can see their sense of pride seeping in through this. Nick mentions that the Bloody Baron is becoming unbearable, so there's definitely some gloating going on. It's like being a sports fan of a team nobody likes, but your team is actually really good. You sort of earn those bragging rights. As a fan of the New York Islanders, I can relate to this. And it shouldn't be surprising to us that Slytherins are smart. I know Ravenclaw is considered the smart house, but Voldemort ended up in Slytherin, and in order to become that powerful and skilled in magic, you have to be smart. Now, while we're on the subject, it would be irresponsible of me to discuss Slytherin House without mentioning a bias that's associated with them. Blood purity. This is something we'll go more in-depth into in another episode, but it's important to lay out and mention now, because it's a huge reason for the dislike of their house. And rightfully so. One of the status symbols in this world is blood purity. Wizards can be pureblood, halfblood, or muggle-born. Purebloods have a long line of wizards in their family tree. I believe minimum needs to be three generations. Half-bloods have a mix of wizards and non-wizards, or have a mix of other half-bloods or purebloods with muggle-borns. For example, Harry is a half-blood because his father James was a pureblood and his mother Lily was a muggle-born, which means her family was non-magic and she turned out to be a witch. Some pureblood families, like the Malfoys, make sure to only marry other purebloods in order to keep their family lines as pure as possible. And they have a bias against people like Hermione who come from muggle families. They also look down on people like the Weasleys, who are also purebloods but don't hold the same biases as they do. The differences between Ron and Draco are clear right away in their interactions with Harry. 
Draco asks the question about Harry's parents to make sure that they were wizards, and even comments on how they shouldn't let anyone else into Hogwarts. Ron offers information freely when Harry talks about not knowing much about this world, instead of challenging his wealth of knowledge like Draco does. Ron explains Quidditch and is quick to defend Muggleborns when Harry voices his anxiety about not knowing any magic yet. He says, quote, There's loads of people who come from Muggle families and they learn quick enough, unquote. Like I said, Draco is a shit and he's not the nicest kid to those he deems unworthy of being around him. And this is another valid reason why Slytherin gets a bad reputation. The pureblood views against Muggleborns are wrong and inexcusable. And perhaps a lot of the members of Slytherin House do fall into the same category as Draco in Harry's generation. However, I find it hard to believe that there isn't an exception to this. Just statistically, there's bound to be someone who fits the qualities of Slytherin without being hateful toward others. But we don't get an example of that. Our opinions of this house are formed by what we see. Draco, Crab, Goyle, and Snape are the spokespeople in this book for Slytherin, and they don't give us many reasons to like the Slytherins. But it's important to remember that we don't get to see anything outside of Gryffindor and Harry's experience, and that biases are presented against multiple houses in these chapters. One wizard should not make or break a house, like I said earlier. And so just because bad wizards and bad beliefs have come out of Slytherin, that doesn't mean all Slytherins should fall into this category immediately. Which I think is a trap that many of us fell into when we read this book the first time around. Slytherins are a tight-knit group with goals that they are determined to reach. Hufflepuffs are loyal, hardworking, and just. Ravenclaws are witty and creative thinkers. These children that get sorted into these houses are more than the stereotypical image of their house, and are more than those who came before them in their house. These characters are here to set up an antagonist in the series. I get that, but since it's taken out on an entire house, those of us in Slytherin who aren't pure-blood jerks get tired when people bring all those all Slytherins are evil beliefs to us 24-7. I wanted to point this out to you guys so we can think more critically about certain things in this world and recognize how the way certain things are set up affect our thinking and opinions on them. Just like how Harry, Ron, and Hermione's are when they hear about the houses from other people. Many of the Slytherins in this book suck, but they don't suck because of the fact that they're in Slytherin. They suck for other reasons, which absolutely contribute to why they're in Slytherin but those aren't the basis of why they're in that house. Touching back on the differences between Ron and Draco, I want to pose an off-topic question for you guys to think about that connects to our previous episode. Ron doesn't come from the wealthiest family and heads to school with a lot of hand-me-downs, including his wand. We spoke about how the wand chooses the wizard. This wand didn't choose Ron. And in fact, it's falling apart. How do we think this might affect Ron's experience at school, even just emotionally? He's already insecure because his brothers have done everything before him anyway. Is this another example of that? How does it affect him that he may be the only one without a new wand that chose him specifically? 
Let us know your thoughts on all of this by contacting us at firstyearspodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at firstyearspod. A reminder to please subscribe, rate, and review if you like what you hear, and to please leave your name in Hogwarts House in order to win house points toward the cup. Until then, happy reading. First Years is a production of Matchbook. It's produced by Quinn Parker and myself, Sarah Jones Dittmeyer. Sources for this episode can be found in the show notes and on our website, author info forward slash first years podcast. That's Sarah with an H and Dittmeyer is spelled D-I-T-T-M-E-I-E-R.